We're back. Hello all and welcome to edition 120 of On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that fell asleep and now has woken up. I'm Michael Bailey. I cover the Canaries for The Athletic and I hope this finds you safe and well. On the way, strangling swans, a rover's return, World Cup aside and the best competition we have ever ran. We will work through all that and more with our guests this cold evening in the fine city. They are Norwich number one chief at NCFC Numbers, also known as our very own Steve Sanders. Hello, Michael. How are you? Very good. Thank you very much, Steve. Lovely to see your face uh, or hear your voice for those audio listeners. Uh, we also have City fan and budding journalist. It is Anna Say. Hello. And last but by no means least, it is our overseas Norwich fan. I've written, okay, yeah, overseas Norwich fan and professional football coach. One of those is more exciting than the other. It is Nick Dye. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Michael, for having me. Thank you, Steve, for having me. I feel like you're as much a part of the furniture these days. <laughs> well, it's, not, it's nice to be thanked. I, I have no say in the running order, but obviously, if I did, Nick, you would be on a lot more often. I've you seen you. You're, you're, you wouldn't believe... You, you wouldn't believe the number of people Steve has said, do not let them on the podcast. But, you know, here you are, Nick. So well done. You're not one of them, Nick. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thank you to everyone who is listening right now and who is watching live on this Monday evening. Um, Steve, welcome back. I have not got a clue how we left things in the last pod. Can't remember a shot of it. Can you? Um, I feel like... I feel like there was quite a bad game that we were talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, and we were quite upset about a few things. But, you know, I feel like we've had a bit of a detox the last, uh, what has it been, four weeks? Four weeks without a game? Yep. That four feels, weeks. Right? And um, what have four weeks has been? Uh, a lot <laughs> yeah. of football and and none of, uh, no Norwich City defeats to worry about. So um, I'm all for it, to be honest. But it at the same time, it's very nice to be back. Well, that's good to hear. We've got this podcast and then one next week. And that is uh, that is us done on On The Ball for 2022, which I suppose gives us two opportunities to work out if we have detoxed or literally just suppressed everything and it's going to burst through. We shall have to see. That's sort of the mild peril we're bringing um, over these two pods. Uh, Anna, lovely to see you. Uh, I hope you're well. Um, you are on a journalism course at the moment, which is exciting because I feel like I've been calling you a budding journalist for a while. So you're you're well at it at the moment. How's it all going? It's going well. I've, um, we've just broken up for Christmas. Just done oh, one exam. Middle of December? My goodness. Just done one exam. Got plenty to come next year, so it's all going well. Brilliant. That's great to hear, Anna. Well done. Keep it up. Um, and, you know, you're on holiday now, so hurrah. <laughs> That's good. Um, Nick, thanks for joining us. How are things in the US? Remind me exactly where you are right now, short of in front of your bookcases. I'm in San Francisco, California. <sighs> Is it is it minus seventy four like it is here? <laughs> it's cold. Well, like maybe fourteen degrees Celsius. That's not cold. Nick. That's <laughs> not cold. Absolutely not. Well, I hope you're staying um, uh, less cold uh, than us. If that makes sense, it's lovely to have you back on the pod as well. Absolute treat. Uh, for those watching us live on your chosen social media platform, um, we do also want to hear from you. During the course of this podcast, uh, it can be on absolutely anything. Um, send your comments or questions in, but um, and we'll do our best to answer them, of course. However, if you would like some motivation or inspiration for why you would like to get in touch with us, we do try and think up a topic every so often. And this time, um, our very own Dan Brigham 
has suggested one. I'm definitely attaching his name to this one. Uh, he says, as with Jude Bellingham during the World Cup, when was the last time someone much younger than you made you feel completely inferior? So there we go. If you've got an answer to that or an experience you'd like to share with the pod, this is a safe space, as much as any public space is safe, then um, then get in touch with us. You can do that by posting a comment uh, in Facebook or on YouTube. It's hard to see them on Twitter. Apologies. Um, maybe if you at me in it, it might work. Um, uh, but also you can uh, send us an email um, with an answer. And we, we're always going over those. And if they're worth it, we can always bring them up in the following podcast. So you can email us at Twitterkers, Twitter, K-E-R-S, at iCloud.com. I mean, in some ways, it's remarkable Twitter is still going. Because I feel like four <laughs> weeks ago, maybe maybe that wasn't going to happen. But here we are. So there, that's good. I, I reckon we should crack on with this week's Headline Act. Yes, indeed. It's the first headline act uh, in four weeks, and it's a win, which must be at least the first one in five weeks. Um, the World Cup break is over. Norwich are back, and they have won. They won at the weekend, 1-0 at Russell Martin Swansea, as they are now officially uh, titled. Um, joyous return of football to the Principality and of the Championship and Norwich City action. Uh, I feel, Steve, there were two ways of viewing this game. There are those who, um, you know, can appreciate the solid start and defensive action that was required and those who feel that there wasn't much attacking action and that wasn't, it wasn't maybe the best game of football. Um, so where are you, Steve, on that precarious fence? Um but, I mean, I think both of those things can be true, right? Uh, we he's, did stuck on the, he's stuck on it. That's where he is in that fence. That's right. On the top. <laughs> yes, I have got splinters right now. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we were good defensively. We were good without the ball. There wasn't a lot of attacking to be done, and it wasn't a great game. So um, I feel like we've got off to a great start here, Michael, because I'm just agreeing with everything you've just said. Um, just like, just like a, the old, just the old like we, Yeah, just like we usually do. Um, I mean... I'll, I'll address the elephant in the room straight away in that there are some slightly more important games of football going on right now. And I did have the Morocco game on Morocco-Portugal on at the same time as this one. Found a way to watch this one uh, somewhere. Um, and it was quite handy in that there was one red team, one white team. The red team were the good guys and they were shooting the same way in both halves. So it made it very easy to follow both. And... One thing that was, and obviously both games are quite similar in that uh, the red team, uh, in this case Norwich City, um, for those who didn't follow it, were 1-0 up uh, in both games at halftime and were kind of holding on to the lead. And to be honest, I thought both sides looked fairly solid, but where Morocco, and I do appreciate that um, Hakim Ziyech is, is probably better than, uh, you know, let's just say Daniel Sanani at random, um, is that the, the countering is just, they were just so much slicker on the counter than we were. And I think like that's the next step for this team um, is that actually we seem to have got a bit of a knack of, of going away from home and just kind of grinding it out, did it against Rotherham. Um, and maybe that's what this team is. And But if so, I think we've got to be a bit sharper on the counter. We've got to make better decisions when we do push forward because that's why we didn't have any shots. We didn't really get near the goal. But to be honest, I've, I've seen a lot of negativity about it. It wasn't brilliant to watch, but I also don't think that Swansea caused us an awful lot of problems um, I don't know whether we deserve to win, but on the basis that we were 1-0 up for 
more than 90 minutes and they couldn't score past us and never really looked like doing it that much. I would say fair enough. I think we ground it out and they probably earned it. Um goals dictate games of football it's very 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 true and we will definitely talk about the world cup as we as we go on tonight i I do promise um i do i do find nick that dean smith loves a very neat narrative i mean and this is sort of the premise of my piece it was on the athletic from the game on, on saturday but you know essentially we had four weeks of teeing up the different animal we've got to be better without the ball you know been an issue since in dean smith's words it's been an issue since he arrived at the football club um and you know norwich win they put in a solid performance they look pretty good defensively so the end of it is like yes we were better than without the ball i'd been asking for that we did it great um which is which is fine but i guess it's how you then take that nick and and stretch it into something that is an actual strength in the team yeah i I didn't enjoy the game probably as much as some might have done. Uh, it, it could have been one of those 1-0 away from home, battling performances, this is how you win the league type situations, but it was just so hard to watch us move the ball in our build-up and keep our fullbacks so deep and then not give it to the interior midfielders to break the lines and just keep going sideways and then eventually knocking it long. And it one thing that's great, and I, I kind of... Uh, I feel like I, I need to be Dean Smith a little bit and explain what I feel. Is that Because he's so candid about not giving away his tactics that he can't bring anyone on his journey with him, which kind of leaves you to, well, 1-0, is that okay? Versus kind of bring the whole story and narrative together and bring us closer to it. But the, the, the way that the back four just stays intact means that we are so much better at, dealing with when we turn the ball over, but we're far much more likely to turn the ball over within our progressions. So, and because we're that organized, if we lose the ball, it's quite easy for us to win it back because we're not open and expansive. So we've got, so I understand what he really wanted to do was, okay, that moment of the game, that transition, when we lose the ball, we want to try and regain the ball. You're, I'm letting you stay organized. I'm letting you stay compact and, and neat so you don't have to chase the ball. And it's just so tiring when you become so – as a football fan of as a football fan and as a Norwich fan, over the past four or five years, you, you've gone from the guy in the back of the Barkley screaming, hoof it, and you're kind of going, well, really? No, we want to – this is how modern football is played – to then Daniel Farker basically making everyone fall in love with the way football is played and how to break lines and how to position yourself to break lines and then losing because we're too expansive and we're too small and technical. And then, okay, Stuart Webber going, okay, back to basics. And then we've got this program in front of us and it's just so hard to watch us win 1-0 like that when we're supposed to be the highest paid team in the league or the infrastructure. <coughs> all the plans, all the fancy new investors. And it's just like, and this is our product. It's tough for me. Excellent. That's the way. And I, I know you're not going to be alone in that, Nick. It was a really interesting bit in the first half where um, Swansea had attacked and they, they were moving the ball a bit. Norwich were, the gaps were a little bit bigger in the first half and they, Norwich also offered a better attacking threat in the first half. So maybe that was the direct balance that they were finding. But um Swansea were moving about quite well, and then they they lost the ball 
on the right side. And it, the ball was there to have been won and for Max to have countered. And I was like, where's Max? And he was like properly, properly tucked in. Um, so he had no chance of going and picking up the loose ball. And I was like, what is he doing there? Why is it? He's like, there's no chance. It's far too compact. Literally 20, 10 seconds later, Swansea obviously then pick up the ball, recycle it, and then they hit a shot or a cross and it hits Max Aaron so you can then clear it. And I was like, oh, well, I suppose that's why he's there. And it's sort of like that encapsulated it really, that you kind of wanted him to be further up, but also that was why he was in that protective state. And I suppose Norwich were, because in the second half it was... Uh, yeah, there was almost well, there wasn't a shot <laughs> of anything of of note in the second half, and it wasn't entirely defensive. And you know, it was they did what they were, you know, being told to do in that case as well. So, um, that helps. I mean, I, I suppose how much of it, Anna? Because even Dean Smith said we will get better with the ball. Ben Gibson told us that after the game as well. We we'll, we are we can be much better than that. And he he knows all about the fact that it's just a start. You have to build on it or whatever. So I guess the key thing is to have had a a positive start. I mean, you know, Norwich have played badly and lost this season as well. So, um, and Russ, and you know, Swansea aren't that bad aside, really. So we should be happier though, right? Building blocks. Yeah, I mean, three points away from home. I don't think anybody's ever going to complain at that, but... Well, <laughs> anyway, sorry, carry on. <laughs> I was going to say that um, I just get frustrated with the pressure in games that we invite upon ourselves because I wasn't able to watch the match. So I was listening to the commentary and Mark Walton was on commentary. who was He was fantastic listening to him. And you wouldn't believe how frustrated he was getting. He couldn't believe that the, the ball was going to the keeper, but then he was just still playing it short. There was no long balls. We were, um, we were so sitting so deep, weren't getting out of their half for... Uh, minutes and minutes and minutes at a time and it was like we were inviting that upon ourselves and it wouldn't have hurt to just go long every now and then take the pressure off try and um get the team out able to reset but at the end of the day it was a very defensive game probably on both sides and i think our, de- our defense did shine in that game sometimes it happens sometimes it's more attacking sometimes it's more defensive and I think, yeah, great, three points. Now it's important what we do at the weekend because you don't get a result at the weekend and it's meaningless. Ah, oh, Carroll Road will be, um, I'm sure, buzzing at the prospect of Saturday's game. We'll be looking forward to it already. Um, I had someone ask me, how did, uh, I can't remember who it was. Maybe maybe I've blocked it out. Someone asked me, Steve, uh, how did, how did Russ, Russell Martin do on his Norwich audition? And I think I just sort of went, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it was lovely seeing seeing Russ uh, very briefly after the game. Likewise, Matty Gill, uh, who I both have a lot of time for. And we were actually sat quite close to the uh, home dugout. And um, yeah, Russ did seem to be genuinely enjoying what he was doing and, and the job in the first half, probably up to the first 30 minutes. And then he did sort of get progressively more annoyed. <laughs> I could tell through various ways means it, as the game wore, wore on. And then uh, I described how the game went to, um, well, Stuart James, actually, who's one of my colleagues at Athletic, big Swansea fan, but he, he couldn't get to the game. So I sort of explained the game to him. And I suppose I was describing it how I would have probably expected the game to have gone beforehand as well. You know, a nice side, they moved the ball well, had good combinations, but they looked a bit toothless up front. And also they had some 
gaps at the back when they didn't have control of possession as much maybe so um i suppose that is what a russell team do but he you know i I can't help thinking he's doing a good job and he's building something where there hasn't really been a massive amount of investment for him to play with. Yeah, I mean, insofar as him passing his audition, I mean, I think after the game, he sort of alluded to the fact that we didn't really deserve the win and didn't didn't play awfully well. And a lot of our fans are saying exactly that. So if he wants to get the fans on side, then he started off really well there. <laughs> um, but I, I, I mean, I actually thought, when I heard him say that, I thought, well, I'll go back and and watch the highlights then and see if they really were robbed. But they didn't really create much at all. They had one set piece, which we sort of messed up. Then we left Norton completely free in the second half um, at the back post when he really should have scored. But beyond that, they didn't really create anything. And actually, um, I'm just going to pull up a comment from Adam, um, uh, parental advisory. An absolute S-house away win. We'll take what we can get at the moment. Shoe house. A shoe house away win. It was one of those. But I worry that by putting out performances like that against bedsides, like the Borough game, for example, we get punished. And that's kind of what we are at the moment. I was just having a look and we've scored seven goals in the first 15 minutes this season. That's quite a, a good record. That is when we're actually quite strong. And we've done it an awful lot of times this season where we've kind of gone into a lead and then gone to teams. What have we got then? You know, can can you break us down? And Borough, obviously, were able to by scoring a, a wonder goal. Sheffield United obviously came from two back. Swansea, to me, just didn't really look like they had a killer instinct. And to be fair, they've had four weeks off the same as us. Um, but I was never that threatened by them. So, really, you can have as much of the ball as you want. But if you're toothless, it doesn't really get you anywhere. And after I didn't come away from that game thinking, well, if Dean Smith were to go tomorrow, let's have Russell Martin. So, uh I don't know. Um, jury's out, I think. That's no, sure. um, did, didn't Russell Martin imply that our players apologise to him for winning? I was going. To, I was going to mention this on the next section. Actually, yes, there was this suggestion that the players came off and said, "Oh, sorry for a win," which um, <laughs> sorry. I, I, I really didn't want to talk about it because I think a, you know, Russ is Russ is doing what he needs to do to say after a game there because that that obviously ties in nicely with where he's coming from with the game b players apologizing like it's just like something they just say you know it's not like oh they're genuinely like we're, we're really sorry it's not it's nothing to do with anyone i, I don't I see i feel like you tried to imply that though well he he would because he's swansea manager so if you're trying to talk to the swansea fans you're like norwich have come here they just apologized because they didn't think they should have won it's like you know it's like oh so i, I um you know and they might have done but in the same way, it's like, oh, sorry, Russ. Absolutely robbed there, Russ. Oh, I can't believe you didn't get something from the game. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Bye. They don't care. They're not really like, sorry. It's just a nice thing to say to someone. So I think, um, you know, you can obviously offer compliments. And, you know, Swansea had a lot of the ball. and But again, Russ sort of, I think he spoke about the chances that they had. Oh, hello. Sorry, <laughs> spoke about the chances. That's all, right. that's all right. It was a nice comment. We'll read it out a bit. Um, but, you know, it's, it, um, Russ also spoke about the 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 chances they had and the saves Angus Gunn had to make. And I mean, I'd be a bit disappointed if any of them had probably gone in, I think. Maybe there was one s- smart one. But yeah, so um, I'm glad you brought that up, Anna, because I was going to bring that up in a bit and um, and thoroughly put it away. <laughs> but that's just me. Uh, it was interesting as well. Russ did sort of just say this little line. What was it? It was like, oh, you know, with the players, the individual quality Norwich have got, and they should go up, you know, not not on the, you know, the way they're coached or how the team builds or their team spirit or anything. It's just like just solely on the collective, on the individual player quality. 
But there we go. Maybe that's just me reading things into things. Sounds Shouldn't about right. <laughs> Shouldn't, <laughs> do <well. that. laughs> Shouldn't do that. Um, okay, cool. Well, I think we're done on Swansea. Was there, were there any other Swansea quotes? Maybe I did see, yeah, let, Neil Luther put one up. Did Tamer mean to hit it that high? He almost put it over the bar. Oh, he's just caressing it in, wasn't he? Off the crossbar? Yeah, I mean, it was the same trajectory as uh, Harry Kane's penalty, but just from slightly nearer to the goal. So it was, it, we didn't mm. suffer for it. Sorry, too oh, someone soon. Heard that. Definitely <laughs> someone too heard, soon. Heard that. <laughs> Sorry, Amazing. that was Harry. Um, well, we should mention uh, Tamer Pookie's 85th goal in an Orisha, mm. which now takes him outright fourth in the goal-scoring charts. And he's now chasing down Ewan Roberts, who is on the line. 90, oh, no, 97, isn't it? I yeah, thought. there's been some... I saw this on Twitter. I was tagged in some... Well, Norwich, Norwich tweeted that he was 11 behind. The club said 96, but um, Pete Raven, who... Oh, the club have said 96. The club said 96, but the, Pete Raven, who I consider the authority on such matters, says 97, and I've got 97 as well, so... Uh, now I don't I see. know. But... but... Pete, so did did Pete? Hello, Pete. By the way, he won't be watching. Did he? Did he tweet in this latest round that it was ninety seven? In this latest, or was it one since, from a little while ago? Since Tamu has scored. Okay, so there was also a conversation about whether Ewan was on ninety six or ninety seven a few weeks ago, and Pete had suggested it was due to a goal that wasn't given to him at Sheffield Wednesday, um, and I thought this is great, and I had a little look into it. <laughs> And I don't think that's true. I, I don't. I don't think that is the case. I think Ewan was credited with this goal at Sheffield Wednesday. The the issue seems to be whether his uh, playoff goal is counted because some websites miss um, miss the playoffs as like other for some reason, or that's what I noticed. It was the only place where I could figure out there was one goal that was missing. So I think it's his goal at Cardiff that sort of gets dropped off. So I definitely do think it's 97. Yeah, if that's the case, it has to be 97, doesn't Um, it? Willing to be proven wrong, but I did have a little look. And for me, that was the anomaly, that his playoff goal had gone into other rather than league. And so people might just go, oh, it was some friendly. And it's not. It's like, you know, as important as he scored. Not quite as important as he thought it was when he scored it, but equally still quite important because because he thought it was a golden goal and it wasn't. Um, how things would have been different, or would they? Who knows? But yes, so ninety-seven goals, so twelve, I think it is. But obviously, as always, I'm a nice guy. If people want to correct me or you know, we'll, you know, let me know if if we're wrong, please do, because that's the kind of podcast we are: wholesome and friendly. Will Will Temu get there? Will he Will he get to ninety six or ninety seven? Do we think it's going to be touch and go, isn't it? It's going to be close. Well, I mean, will on on the assumption that he well, let's not assume anything. But if he if he is not here next season, then he will only have another twenty four games to do it in, plus cup. So that's one every two games. He's done it before. I think he's going to be one or two short. Prove me wrong, Temu. That sounded like a prediction, Michael. It's sort of a prediction. It was. It was more of a. It was more of a hoping to talk it up. Okay, let's say that. Go on, Temu. Uh, right. Well, uh, that probably does take us nicely on to the things we are not going to talk about, which I don't have a sting for. You'd have thought I'd have used the World Cup break to produce a sting, but I haven't. So we don't have one. Um, Things we're not going to talk about. Um, I wasn't going to talk about Norwich's break um, because they did have four weeks away. They did some nice stuff. Uh, They went to Tampa. 
um, worked really hard and took in a lot of roller coasters, a lot of sporting events. That was good. Have you been to Tampa before, Nick? I don't think I've been to Tampa. I've been to Florida a couple of times. I've been oh. to um, Sarasota. I think it's on the other coast of Florida. Oh. Okay. Um, but uh, it was nice to see Dean Smith wearing some Norwich City gear in the YouTube video versus his Kingdom of Luke. Aston Villa freebie <laughs> gilets he usually wears. Um, is that right? Yeah. Is this and, he? Uh, Oof, uh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's one thing that gets me when I see him in Kingdom of Luke gear on a match day. I can't hang that. Um, it was nice to see him shouting at some people on the training pitch, wearing <laughs> shorts and sunglasses. He looked kind of cool out there. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed those YouTube training videos, picked up some ideas from those. Those were great. That's the way to do it, definitely. Um, I did. Uh, so there is a big, obviously, there's a big piece on The Athletic about what Norwich did during their break. Um, and uh, someone posted a comment in it, who I think was from Tampa. And they were like, oh, thanks for this. I was genuinely wondering what they were getting up to while they were here. Um, shame they went on the big tourist yacht. <laughs> so I don't know what the issue is with the big tourist yacht. I mean... It, it seems quite fun. Goes down a nice river or whatever. They also had a um, a Tampa style Thanksgiving, so What's that, that sounds fun. I don't know. I mean, it's a sunny one, I guess. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're not going to talk about that. Um, we're not going to talk about the injury latest. Most players are back fit or close. Sam Byram, Jakob Sernson, nearly there apparently. Adam Eder came on, of course, on Saturday, which was great to see. Andrew Omabamadele was on the bench. Isaac Hayden, I thought, looked pretty fresher compared to before. He played well. Which is good and played well. Yep. Um, any other injury excitement here? Anyone? Um, well, I mean, Dimi, Dimi Yanoulis is, is sort of back. Uh, the left-back thing is interesting, I think, because neither of them look... They, they both... You feel like they could do a job there, but neither of them actually played particularly brilliantly. McCallum always feels to me like he has a, an error in him and then uh, Demi has come on twice and as much as I love him has <laughs> looked ridiculously open um, and it, well, it's not been his best two cameos so um, it's good to have them both back because it means we don't have to play a centre midfielder there or a right back um, but yeah it'd be interesting to see how that one develops and who actually kind of nails down that position. Put, put Jakob Sørensen straight in there. At oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get him straight in there. Um, so that's all grand. Uh, we're not going to talk about Todd Campbell. He wasn't involved at the weekend um, because Dean Smith said him and Todd had a chat and they agreed. I don't know if that, Todd... That was a weird co uh, comment from him. What did he exactly mean by it? Well, I think essentially Todd had said he didn't feel physically ready for the game. This is how Dean Smith told it. So he asked to stay and work on his conditioning to then be... Uh, work in his conditioning so Dean Smith said okay yes I agree so obviously he feels that he's not physically ready and um and he expects him to be available then for Blackburn so it's only a matter of a few days conditioning um and that is what we know is Dean Smith's comment in retelling the story so it's hard to then work out how it was actually came about or whatever but that's it really so um it is what it is. Uh, we'll we'll see if Todd makes the squad then come Blackburn. And if not, we can go through the whole rigmarole that we've gone through in the last two years again. The the thing that gets me is, you know, that and and in fairness, Dean Smith said, look, he loves that attitude that he wants to, you know, get himself in good form and you know, get get himself physically good, great condition and everything. You know, Todd's contract runs out in six months. So you know, he's got to prove that he is 
well, I don't know <laughs> that he wants to play for someone, <laughs> whether it's here or elsewhere. I don't know. But, you know, we saw some good stuff from Todd uh, before uh, the break. So um, let's hope that this is a good stepping stone to that happening going forwards because he can definitely make a difference to the team looking better in possession on the counter for sure uh, um, I was a bit surprised Josh Sargent started if I'm mm. honest wasn't expecting that but there he was and played 90 minutes and played 90 minutes slightly out of position I've, I you know I he cut a man who was like oh yeah I remember this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, all those lovely. I was playing in a World Cup literally last weekend. Playing in a World Cup where it was like thirty whatever degrees, uh, and now I can see my breath. It's cold, and I'm on the wing. <laughs> so yeah, um, did he move he the striker of... when Adamida came on? Did he move the striker at that point, or did Adamida take the striker position? No, Adam went. Sent. I don't know. He might. I can't think that he went to a two because they were so defensive. So um... just wondering if there's a hierarchy being built here. Around the number nine position. Well, I mean, I, I mean, the, having having seen him play in the World Cup, that you you have to play Josh as a, you have to try and get him as central as possible. The, the idea of him being a wide forward is just is 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 absolute is actually borderline pointless now. It just doesn't work. He's not a winger, and if you're playing him in a slightly wider role, he's having to do that defensive work. Then you could, but you know, you could you could play any fit bloke or player there, and they will you know run around and do that job. But you know. Josh showed up really well at the World Cup. I thought I thought he did the job centrally well. I thought he linked the play well. I think he's done that for Norwich as well now. And uh, you know, yeah, the Iran game that he started, he I, I felt he was. I mean, maybe a touch of bias, but I thought he was the best player on the pitch. And Yunus Musa was probably the best player in every USA game. But I thought Josh Sargent pipped him in that one. Love it. We will talk about the World Cup later. We're not going to talk about it now. He says. Um, anything else? Anything else? Anyone doesn't want to talk about? Um, I mean, I, yes. I just want to point out that we're fourth. I was just looking at the table and we are actually we're actually fourth in the yeah. table. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's not news to anyone, uh, but it just surprised me. And yeah. you say that I did, I did have to remind myself of the position in the table during the break because someone asked me, I was like, can't remember. I think I think I've just spent weeks thinking we're doomed, we're terrible, and then I'd look at oh, we've won and we're fourth, so um, maybe the season could still end beautifully. Well, they could definitely still finish in the top two, but they are six points behind Sheffield United, so yeah, which nothing. is which is which is closable, isn't it? Norwich, Norwich are good enough to close that gap. Uh, I mean, if Russell Martin is to be believed, then we've got the quality, so um, so why not? Exactly. Anything else? Anyone else that doesn't want to talk about? That's fine. If not, um, I was just oh, going to mention. Sorry, oh. just just one more one more thing to to not talk about. Yes. Um, fair play to the fans that made the trip for that game, and obviously to you as well, Michael. Oh, um, no, I don't. with your <laughs> your Welsh odyssey. I mean, I, I, obviously you get paid for it, and they don't. Yes, um, exactly. But yeah, but, uh, there, is yeah no, for, there is no comparison. <laughs> honestly, of all the of all the Norwich City away games you could have tempted me to in the last however many years, that would have been way way down the list. So I do think fair play. To, I don't know how many went, but fair play. To no, I don't actually know the number. I did take a picture of them. It was sort of a, a couple of small clumps. But um, yeah, it was a lot fewer than I've seen normally. And they were all quite tightly packed, which I guess was as much about keeping warm as anything. But uh, I guess, you know, none of them, prob- well, not many of them anyway, would have been watching the England game because they'd have been on, on a coach or a train maybe if they were going home the night. But hopefully they got to make the most of it in Swansea. Oh, actually, yeah, quick shout out to Mo and Rob 
who I shared a train with from London to Norwich on Sunday, uh, having they'd also traveled back from Swansea earlier that that morning. Um, and we had a lovely chat for two hours on the train. So I, I'm now saying hello to them both. So that's good. Um, yes. Finally, uh, Norwich City under 18s. They were at Burnley tomorrow night in the FA Youth Cup, but they're not now because it's been postponed. So can't wish them good luck for that. But good luck for the future date. Whenever it's rearranged for, we will find out. And also, uh, Norwich City women, they are at Burnley in the Women's FA Cup third round, but they're not now because that's been rearranged for December the 18th. And they will play Cardiff at home if they go through. Be lovely to think that might be at Carrow Road, wouldn't it? That would be nice if it wasn't at the Nest. But the Nest is a great place to go and play as well. So uh, onwards for the women. Wonderful. Uh, right. I think we're covered off with all that. In which case, I would like to say... Oh, any other comments? Any comments that are worth a... Uh, just worth Neil a Luther sh- saying, uh, Timmy Wolfsquare's 98th goal in the playoff final. Could, wow. could happen. Could happen. Could happen. So, we're going to win the playoff final 9-0. Is that the idea there? Yes, so he'll be on 89 at the start of it and then he'll score all nine to I take himself it. to 98. That's fantastic. That would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Oh, Tebu. Uh, brilliant. Well, in that case, I think we can move it on nicely to a bit of uh, superstar Johnny Watson as we hear him say this. This is almost fantasy football. Yes, this is almost fantasy football. The fantasy football being Blackburn Rovers at Carra Road. How exciting. They they returned with a 4-1 home defeat in their derby with Preston. So it definitely can be worse. I mean, they're a funny team, really, aren't they, Black Banana? They, I, they seem to see them as a team that, you know, they do tend to start fast and then they seem to sort of disappear, uh, which they did last year. And I think they're in danger of probably doing that this year if we just jump to a really big hot take conclusion on one game back after the World Cup. Yeah, but I mean... They're, they are, like you said, they're a funny old team. You never quite know what to expect from them, but then again, you never know what to expect from Norwich either. So it's a game. It's a game I'm looking forward to because I haven't I haven't been to Carrowd in a few weeks. Unfortunately, the course I'm on it it's on a Saturday most most times, so it stops me from getting there. So I never, uh, um, whenever I can get back there, I'm always going to enjoy it. But Blackburn, I don't, I don't think that that's one that I'm dreading. I feel like it's a very winnable match. They've got their, um, they've got, they've got some good players, but at Carrow, I think it's an entirely winnable match. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that's what happens. I don't want to be, I don't want to be there if it goes the other way because it won't be nice. Well, I was going to say. So, what have you made of what have you made of the uh, sort of the reportage of the atmosphere at Carrow Road, having not having not been there? Can you do you sort of do you still have a um, uh, what's the word uh, like an empathy with with the supporters who are going and feeling that, or are you kind of like oh, I would still wish I was there, you know, enjoy it, guys. I I, I love being at Carrowd, no matter no matter what. I mean, I don't think it can ever be as bad as. Well, to be honest, I'm just talking out now, but it's like those seasons under Hugh and and Alex Neil, those were some really really toxic times, but. I think it's um, the hard part of it is that the fans just want to feel connected to the manager. They want to feel connected to the players. And there's just not that. It's not there at the moment, even though apparently social media has talked all that up and they're 
there isn't a disconnect between the club and the fans, but I think we all know that there is. And you feel that when you're at Carrow Road. I was able to go to a game, I've completely forgotten, was it, um, Q, was it QPR, the one that was on the Wednesday? Possibly, yeah, yeah why not? <laughs> I was able to get to that one and... It just—it wasn't a great atmosphere. Like the fans, they, they try, but it, every song it always just—it dies off, and it's just—it's—it's it's hard. I, I knew being there on that match. It's just—it's hard to try at the moment. It's a two-way street. The um, the football that's supposed to encourage the fans, fans encourage football, but I don't know. I mean, Carrowhead, I'm never not going to love being there. That's a, This is a place I've always loved being. I'm always going to love being there, even if it is hard to be there sometimes. But we'll see what happens. Hopefully it's a good day this weekend. Let's bring on the fiery atmosphere. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big Ben Brereton-Diaz fan since the days, Nick, before he was Mr. Diaz. <laughs> um, I've always liked him as a player. I mean, it's a phenomenal story, what what he's done. Um and yeah, but they, you know, there's elements of the team where they are a bit sort of kind of typical championship and they're obviously going through quite a lot of transition themselves as well, really. It just feels like a proper opportunity for Norwich to build on what they did the weekend. You would hope so. It's like, likely to be a draw, right? Based on the stats of Blackburn <laughs> never drawing. Typical would be a Oh typical. yeah, they've still never drawn, have they? Not drawn. Oh my gosh, nil-nil. Along to Norwich. <laughs> possible what but no I, I mean i the season that uh uh before last when they had harvey elliott i remember him just being way too good for our the ability for us to move our shape and and get after him and double up on him he was just far too good for for the league and, and for us at that moment and i think sometimes when you go through that transition of having a spotlight player and he leaves then sometimes that galvanizes things and you get this spirit behind it and i think that's what blackburn kind of I've had this spirit, but it's kind of coming down a bit now. And all those expectations are starting to die. It's probably a pretty dire place to be a fan right now, as, as well as Carroll Road, by the sounds of it. Hurrah! <laughs> what a treat we're going to be in for. Um, whatever happens, Steve, uh, Blackburn will be back. Literally, in the first full week of January, because of we've drawn them in the FA Cup third round. Yes. The gift that keeps giving. That's something that happened in the last four weeks, isn't it? Um, yes, yeah. when was that? <laughs> it was in the, middle, no in the World Cup, wasn't it? Because yeah, um, I, I, was, I was sort of a choice. It was a choice. You know what? I've got a work. I've just realised I've got a World Cup 2022 chart here. Because remember, I was looking at it, wasn't I, when you were telling me which of group course, Cameroon was Cameroon. in? I was saying, yeah. no, no, they're not in that group. <laughs> does right. does it always... have on there when the uh, FA Cup third round draw was taking place? Well, no. Which game it was? But uh, who wants to take a who wants to take a guess on the last game result I filled in? Uh, was it Cameroon's last game when they beat Brazil and got knocked out? Did you just give up after that? No, but that wasn't because you're not contractually obliged to fill it in anymore. As it's not... as soft Cameroon correspondent to have written a piece on Vincent Abubakar for him to score and get sent off. Was amazing. Was that? Did you write it after he did his little dinky chip finish? Against, uh, uh, no, I wrote it before the World Cup. Serbia, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, against Serbia. Yeah. yeah. Do we think? Uh, do we think that was? Del- uh, did he do that thinking he was offside? Uh yeah. 
Yeah. No, I mean, the fact that nobody has ever scored a goal like that before <laughs> indicates to me it's not really... I have no centre-forward, but I don't think that's the done thing in a World Cup game to just go through and go, I'm going to try an utterly ridiculous uh, chip here. Um, well, if you, know if what, you haven't... Was Rene Higuita did the same thing, right? Rene Higuita, his scorpion kick, yeah. he thought there was an offside flag. and Of course, yeah. So kind of things happen like if, yeah. if no one's If no one's seen uh, the, the goals against Serbia by Cameroon, then go check them out. Even if you've, you know... <laughs> Ditch the World Cup, it's fine. Um, uh, no, I can't. Well, I can't work out what the last game would have been. He says, but it, it looks like it was um, France four, Australia one. Oh wow, that's even further back oh, than I thought. I think that was France's first game. My entire World Cup <laughs> um, ball chart is empty. That's sad, isn't it? At that, anyway, point, did... Eng- at that point, England had played one and scored six. That feels like a very very long time ago. Um, shall, mm. I, shall I talk about Blackburn yeah. for a bit? Yeah, go for it. Go on. Yeah. Um, well, I was just going to say that they're third. So you know how how I was amazed that I'm we're fourth. Third. They're I'm third. So um, yeah, I have I, no respect for the but, championship. I, I mean, sorry. I have to say, like my only research really for this has been to look at the table. But um, I, it, it's been a weird championship season, um, and I feel like Blackburn are kind of the poster boys for that because they are in third having lost three more games than West Brom, who are in 22nd uh, and with a negative goal difference. So, I mean, if it's kind of freaking us out being in fourth, I wonder how they feel being in third. Because, I mean, I guess in some ways that's quite fun, right? A team that never draws, you never know which Blackburn's going to turn up. They're either going to be really good or really bad. I wouldn't be that surprised if they came here and won. I mean, on the, on the basis that, like, you know, we were just saying about how teams with a bit of quality up front can be the ones to undo us well i think ben burton diaz is their kind of trump card isn't he so um yeah I, th- I think it could be i think it could be quite a fun game actually i yeah it, it seems amazing to me that it's a fourth against their kind of game when uh wow. i think it was something similar against swansea two years ago and we were billing that up as a huge match um and this one doesn't feel like it at all but um yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to see Blackburn. I think they seem like a fun team, um, and we're not a very fun team. So hopefully they'll they'll bring some of the uh, well, we're not. Are we? Let's be honest. It just depends where you find your fun, Steve. That's all. Um, uh, yeah, they, low we, blocks. We... <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that's exciting. Wow, I, I I'd actually just ignored the fact that Blackburn were third. So there we go. Um, oh well, good on them. That, You've been yeah, concentrating that... on Cameroon, so you know gives exactly. Break. Gives yeah, break. it's like what, what on earth? Um, yeah, uh, so that's good. I was going to say something. I can't remember what it was now, but I think I was still one wondering about when the Kings Lynn. Oh, it doesn't matter. Um, Kings Lynn played Stevenage, didn't they, in the FA Cup second <laughs> round? I was trying to work out what I was supposed to be doing at that point, and there we go. So yeah, that's exciting. Uh, Norwich host Blackburn. Oh yes, that's what I was going to say. It's on the telly, isn't it? It's a five thirty kickoff. Oh, um, I think oh. that's. Hang I on. didn't even realise that. Is I that love, right? I love the lack of research that's gone into this. Is that yes? It is right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you know, I'm probably borderline turning up at a wrong time for a game this season. But uh, yes, um, five thirty, five thirty kickoff on Saturday at Carrow Road. I mean, so you can't. Good. You know, you're more likely to be early than late in that situation. So that's fine. It's good news um, for Nick, right? Um, if yes, what time be a is much that? More manageable in, time. Well, a bit more sleep. Yeah. A little bit more Are you sleep. in? That's a nine thirty a.m. for me. Five thirty. Is that right? That's not bad. Well, there we go. That's all right. Um, okay. Well, that's exciting. Um, and as I said, Blackburn will be back at Carrow Road on January the eighth. Is it? It's on the Sunday at two o'clock in the FA Cup third round. Magic of the cup. 
don't tell me you're not excited. Um, which leaves us with um, Kenny Other Business. Uh, we'll have a look through some comments as well and we'll come back to some more comments and go through those. But yeah, Kenny Other Business, I, you know, World Cup, I reckon, is prime Kenny Other Business. <laughs> um, loads of stuff on The Athletic about all the stuff that is not football related with the World Cup being in Qatar. We spoke quite a lot about it before we went on the break. Um, I know some people that are not interested um, in the World Cup for the very reasons it's being held in Qatar. Uh, I've, you know, I'm not going to repeat everything I said last time, but it's still monumentally um, conflicting to have the World Cup there. I find watching it now, it could be anywhere. It's just a tournament that's taking place. Um, and again, I don't know if that's right or wrong. <laughs> and that's why I would probably want to then highlight the continuing work that so many of my colleagues are doing in Qatar and here and in New York and the US um, around the stories around Qatar, around the, um, the fact that supporters still can't appear to get into games wearing rainbow colours in some form. Um, and, uh, you know, a, a migrant worker dying uh, during the tournament and then some of the ways that that was um, commented on by uh, people in you know who are running the world cup essentially so yes that's all there that's not going to go away and um i would like to think and i know we're gonna make a big effort at the athletic to make sure that those people who didn't want to answer certain questions because they were concentrating on the sport once they are out and done they then do get to be asked those questions so that there isn't that excuse anymore so that's a very important thing for me because i don't think it should be forgotten there is also the football uh, so does anyone want to talk about the football that they have seen? As I said, I thought Josh Sargent uh, did really well. I thought, I'm just going to tell you my thoughts. No, someone else tell me. Well, England, I thought England. So I have doubted Gareth Southgate. I didn't think there was much tactically wrong from him against France. I just thought it was a really tight game between two very good sides. I think France, probably the fact that they led and they probably had a they still had a degree of control, even though England were creating chances. Uh, I don't buy, I didn't necessarily think it was a clear cut foul on Saka before the first goal, for example. It was probably the first penalty, but you know, sometimes you don't get a penalty. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm fine with it. Is anyone else sort of distraught or, you know, going to start swearing because of the referee? I mean, we've got used to it now, haven't we? The, those kind of refereeing standards. Um, I mean, I, I mean, no one really needs my, my opinions on this game and not going to add any more to what people have probably already heard. But um, I thought the referee was fine. Uh, didn't, you know, the the big decisions were, you know, should have seen that foul. But then I wasn't sure if that for the second penalty, if it was a foul or not. But um, a couple of things that didn't get given our way. But I sort of feel like that's splitting hairs in the grand scheme of things, really. I'm, I'm sort of surprised. Am I surprised? Maybe I'm not surprised at the backlash, but I didn't think he was that. Compare him to um, Senor Lajos from uh, the previous night, uh, Argentina versus Netherlands, which was just the most fantastic game, partly because he completely lost control of it. Amazing um, game of football. I, th I thought the referee was fine. Um, I thought that, um, I mean, you know, you and I um, have sat in, uh, in, in a pub before the tournament, Michael, and uh, I've told you how we were going to win this World Cup because Gareth Southgate is a second coming. Uh, you were less convinced. Ultimately, it wasn't just you. you were, it was everyone, everyone was, on the podcast. It was everyone, everyone on the podcast. Um, I'd like to think we were both right because I think 
even though ultimately we obviously weren't right because no. I think it, <laughs> but it it could have happened couldn't it and I, it was gutting I mean I don't I, I'll let um I'll let Nick come in but um yeah I, I was upset because I thought that if we got through that game and we could have done we should have done we might have ended up winning the whole thing yeah probably not like given the results that have happened all over the World Cup, I, I've done a prediction game with my friends, and I I finished last place. I I it's been so unpredictable. So yeah, it was still a long way for us to go, but uh, I I kind of enjoyed the rhetoric of the. It was more anti-hype this year around England. Maybe that's different for me because I'm so far away from it. But given that it was Gareth Southgate again, he could be the full guy, the heel. He's been there a long time. He's already produced. It felt like this could have a narrative that builds to them winning um, versus just us believing that we're better than everyone else and therefore we will win. It's kind of it felt a bit better. But for me, it's still a little bit too emotional because my wife is French. And so therefore all of her, <laughs> all of my in-laws are calling me, texting me, you know, <laughs> saying basically, you know, they don't know that you know, they're, they're actually, they're pretty good English speakers, but they tended to use the word loser quite a lot. So it's, wow. and then, <laughs> it's not, yeah, no, it's all in good fun. But then it's, uh, um, it's not a game that I would want to watch back. So I'm not, and probably the emotions were too high watching it. So it's, but I think the ref, the problem with the refereeing that was just so frustrating was that the way England were trying to play is we, we were trying to build pressure, bring numbers forwards, try and break them and crack them. And we just weren't able to do that because the ref kept not giving us the foul in the moment where, Mm. There was that kind of coming together and that led to the counterattack, which everyone knows is, you know, France's bread and butter. That's the way they want to play. So it's like, oh, you've killed us again. Whether or not it was a foul or not is, you know, more arguable. But I think that's probably the reason it was so frustrating. Nick, can I just ask from a personal point of view, what would have been worse, losing to France, which obviously we did do, or losing to the USA? <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, I went, I was in America when... Um, Robert Green managed to fumble the ball into his goal during the World Cup. So I'd already felt that one after giving it, oh, you know, <laughs> Robert Green, he used to play for Norwich. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh, isn't that the guy you said? So uh, I've, I've been through that before. Um, but no, actually, uh, USA, uh, I think they warmed the hearts of many this World Cup. And uh, they certainly got me. Uh, and I'm more enthusiastic because I want more and more people to to kind of watch the game and follow the game and study the game just so that I can talk to them about the game versus the score. Um, so no, I, 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 if we'd have lost to the U S it, uh, it would have been hard, but no, I can, um, again, I'm a Norwich fan. I'm, if I can't take those types of things on the chin, then <laughs> I can't take anything. Oh yes. We're very used to losing. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. If anyone thinks I'm we're fourth, we're fourth. Exactly. <laughs> Behind Blackburn. Um, <laughs> Uh, oh, and now I've just, uh, yes, I mean, I had USA, I pulled USA out of the work sweepstake. Um, and I was genuinely thinking, well, there is a prize for wooden spoon here. <laughs> um, but they were, they were good. They, they were athletic. And actually, there was, I haven't, I didn't write it, but there was, there was one moment where Josh had to sort of really battle for the ball. And um, it was, it sort of fell behind him, sort of another 10, 15. Uh, yards and these two teammates who were closer i can't remember who they were didn't run to come and meet the ball they just sat there and he was like he screamed at them both and i just thought i think you're used to three weeks of because 
the US side were proper physical. They were all over the place. They covered the ground. I think he was used to three weeks of players busting a gut to have run up and won that ball. And to be honest, that weren't going to happen <laughs> at, at Swansea. But maybe that was what they were instructed to do. I don't know. But I, at that point, Josh was like, nah, this ain't what I've been used to the last three weeks. There we go. Maybe, I, maybe that wasn't true. Maybe I've literally just implied that to all of it. But there we go. Um, uh, so, yeah, you know, uh, I hope Gareth Southgate stays, actually. I probably wouldn't have said that before the tournament, but we'll see. He's Well, well, I don't want to put it on him, but his representatives are doing a brilliant job at the moment of the, well, let's just see what else is out there because there's unfinished business. But, but and quite right. Like, he was taking absolute pelters a few months ago for losing what's a fairly meaningless game at the end of the season four, to 4-0 four at home but, to Hungary in the Nations League. But you don't get judged on that stuff. Like, the Nations well, League's did. fine, really. Well, yeah. But ultimately, like, it, what counts is what you do in the major tournaments. And I, honestly, like, I sort of think if he chose to walk away, I would be thinking fair enough. I think it's on him now, isn't it? It's it's not a case of will the FA keep him, it's will he stay. And I would I would definitely want him here in 18 months time here in the England job. Literally buy your Christmas tree, which I did see someone mention. Um uh, see yeah, here we go. <laughs> Matt Gregory. Um those Christmas lights behind you still look like Ipswich blue like last yeah. year. I mean they do look very blue. They do, and I think it was probably I think it was Matt that commented on it last year, and yeah, I, I'd completely forgotten about that mm. until he mentioned it again this year. Mm. So they're not blue; they are white. Mm. I mean, apart from it, it also looks like I don't know how to put lights on a tree. Um, and there are a lot of lights. Uh, yeah, it's, like a, it's just a tree of lights. Yeah, it's like like a really gaudy effort, where but it doesn't look that that bad in real life. So when Gareth Southgate does come round uh, into my living room. For whatever reason, I can show him. I can show him properly. Well, yeah, okay. Well, we'll see how they look next on next week's pod. If you're probably on. You probably on very similar. Uh, if I am, on, yeah, right. I'm, I'm just not, not to... planning to change to take all the lights off uh, as much as I want to please Matt. Um, that might have to wait till next year. Well, maybe you can take a still, and we can share that on social media to judge. It'll be like that um, that dress that was different colours. Yes, it'll yes, be the it's... Christmas the Christmas eye trickery. Yes, it'll have been a very yeah. slow year if that turns into a uh, a viral tweet. But, uh, yeah. Steve, have you been paying attention, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so that's all good. Yeah, England, uh, I do think they probably could have won it in the end, but also it kind of showed what needs to go your way to win it. Like You can be a very good side and not win the World Cup. That's absolutely the thing. That's Just... what we've all learned. Just one more quick thing on the World Cup. Um, penny for the thoughts of Tim Krul as uh, the Netherlands were knocked out on penalties on, on Friday night, uh, given the way he wasn't chosen in the squad this time around. Indeed. Well, I did write um, I did write a piece on um, their penalty shootout in 2014 on The Athletic, uh, where Tim obviously came on and was had all the, uh, you know, all the dark arts of the penalty shootout, which is a lot of fun. And quite clearly against the Argent against Argentina, they Louis van Gaal basically said, no, I don't want the goalkeeper to do all that stuff. I want all of you to do all that stuff to all of the players because they were all like they were getting in their way as they walked down. Um, Denzel Dumfries was booked, wasn't he, for being in the penalty area. He wasn't taking a penalty. He just ended up in the penalty area. And it's like, this is a shootout. And they were, they were all going over to the other side. It was hilarious. They were literally a whole team of just giving it some to really disrupt them. So all of you who have seen the picture of Argentina and... Um, 
uh, Otamendi, you know, waving his ear hands and things, and Lionel Messi, Lionel Messi, you know, giving it to Van Gaal. That's why. <laughs> and you know what? If 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 you beat someone trying to do that, you'd probably do the same. Wouldn't you? You'd be Absolutely. like, yeah. uh, that's fair enough. I guess it's about context because I saw that picture going, God. They're so classless in winning, aren't they? Exactly. But it was like 10 minutes of them absolutely turning the screw. And I think that was well, a bit I'm, before the game as well. Do you know what? Fair enough. Fair nothing, enough. Totally That's what the media does. It's all about context, isn't uh, it? I, you know, I hate the media. All of them. They're all just out for this stuff of rankness. Anyway, Cameroon. Yeah, we spoke about them, didn't we? My My soft... My soft Cameroon correspondent stint went well. Um, and that's Ooh. it. We've obviously got... Oh, go on, Steve. It's not quite it, because I would like to know uh, briefly your England watching experience, which was presumably, and you haven't actually revealed this yet, in Wales. Oh, yeah, it was in Neath. Yes. It was in Neath. So, um, yes. So for big occasions, we've tended to do things. We did it for the uh, semi-final of the Euros, and we did it for the women's quarter-final, I think at the Lionesses, at the Euros, uh, where we all sort of go somewhere relevant and we write a piece of following the game from these different venues and it's sort of like a timeline of different slices of what everyone's doing. It's loads of fun and they always read so well. Uh, this piece is on The Athletic right now. Um, I had colleagues, I think Phil, I've got to try and remember where everyone was now. Phil Buckingham was in Sunderland because of Jordan Pickford. Uh, Phil Hay was with Kyle Walker's old coach in Sheffield, I think. And um, Sooty was in... Sooty? Sorry, not the puppet. <laughs> Richard Sutcliffe The standards in... have gone downhill. <laughs> oh, no, I can't do a Sooty impression because he didn't say anything, did he? Mm. It's so annoying. Um, yeah, Richard Sutcliffe was in... I think he was also in Sheffield. Or was he in a random pub uh, with something to do with Harry Maguire? Um, so I was in Wales. I knew I was going to be in Wales. So I was like, you know, I'm in Wales. That might be quite amusing to watch the the, the game from Wales. And um, Andy Fyfer, one of our editors, um, found that Martin Margotson, the Welsh, Welsh but England goalkeeping coach, is from Neath. He was born there or some such. And that's, you know, just around the corner from, from Swansea. So I was like, okay, well, there's a pub that is, you know, looks like a World Cup pub. They were advertising that they were, you know, come come here to watch the World Cup. They had all the games. So I was like, okay, proper World Cup pub, great. Um, so I literally had to run 30 minutes from the stadium, at, for the Liberty Stadium to the train station. I literally running, having done all of the work at Amazon's tired. get there, trains cancelled. Um, there's no buses. And I've basically, there's a taxi outside. I'm like, can, can, can I take you and he's like well i'm waiting for someone i was like well i need to get to neath he's like oh okay <laughs> so he just ditched them off uh, there was another lady who needed to get somewhere else so we dropped her off beforehand in the wrong direction and then i made i only got to neath after about 10 minutes of the game so i missed the start and then basically i'm in this neath pub with bouncers on the doors um watching england france where most people wanted england to lose really and one person did know who martin Mugatson was so that was exciting. Did anyone know who Michael Bailey was? No, no, okay. no. I, 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 I travel freely <laughs> everywhere. Do you know everywhere. who I am? No, yeah, to get that taxi. Know. Yeah, no, I did. <laughs> drop, no, this I old, drop this old lady yeah. off in the wrong direction. Yeah, I yeah. want to go to Nice. Exactly. No, no. No, in fact, I, 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 I was like offered for her because she was waiting as well. So it was very kind, very kind no. process. But I did miss the kickoff because of it. Um, 
so that was good. Um, the the cabbie, his dad was um, Dougie Price, who is one of Southend's top goal scorers, apparently. So he said so that was exciting from the 50s. There you go. And uh, yeah, um, it was all good. It was all fine, apart from, you know, and this is all in the piece, but at half time they cranked up the music. And I was like, oh, okay, that's just what they're doing at half time. And then we'll get the commentary back for the second half. No, no, they brought on the karaoke over the second half <laughs> um, uh, and disco lights. So well, they, they the do love a sing song in Wales, don't they? Yeah. Well, yeah. Although apparently the only people in this Neath pub were people who couldn't sing. Yeah. <laughs> um, Did you do any karaoke? Absolutely not. I was working. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I distinctly... I, I, so the game obviously finished and then I just remember getting a train, having the best pizza I've ever eaten um, and getting back to Swansea thinking it was like four o'clock in the morning. And uh, and it was only like half ten, and uh, could have slept well. It was a very long weekend, but it was loads of fun. Um, some good tales from the pub in Neath. One of probably the strange, one of the stranger experiences of watching one of England's iconic games. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. So good story. Yeah. Um, anything else that stood out from the World Cup? Probably not. But I did enjoy doing lots of work for the Athletic and Tifo, um, which you can catch on YouTube if you want to watch it, uh, which leads us nicely into <gasps> competition time. Competition time. Competition time. It's competition time. Here. I, mean, <laughs> I stick with the pre-recorded jingles, but I, I like Whatever. the build-up. How rude. <laughs> Um, yes, competition time. We, we've got a, the best competition we've ever run on on the ball because I don't think we've ever done another one I ever, yeah, not properly. You can win an actual and the worst. And, well, all right, uh, you can win an actual <laughs> prize, which is this: how to watch football. It's for, it's a for book. Those <laughs> it's a yes, TFO book. How to watch football: fifty-two <laughs> rules for understanding the beautiful game on and off the pitch. Now I know a lot of you will feel I probably need this. But that's fine because I've got my own copy. This is for you, the winner of this competition. It's lovely. It's hardback. It might make a lovely Christmas present. The illustrations are wonderful. Um, and it's written and drawn by people. Well, maybe not drawn, actually. Drawn by really good illustrators and written by people who really do know football. And this is a lovely book. And they're lovely people as well because I've met most of them. So, yes, you can win this. Could be a lovely mm -hmm. present for someone or you can just keep it for yourself. How can you win it? You ask. I, I I don't know how stringent competition rules are, so I'm just doing the normal. Yeah, we haven't we haven't talked about teas and. <laughs> I'm sure this is we? legally fine, <laughs> but um, it, you know, it's a give. It's one giveaway, and you have, there's a question to answer, isn't there, Steve? Have you yes. got a question for I the do. viewer? For for the one viewer, yes. Um, so uh, my question is: uh, there are two Norwich City players. You don't have to. Sorry, I should just say, don't answer this now oh, in the yeah. comments. Yeah, go so on. Don't don't answer it in the comments now because that. But oh, we get, so we get, we're giving this out next week. We're giving this out next week. Yeah. Is that right? Okay, maybe or, I should do you are. I'm not doing anything. I said, what? Here's how the competition is going to work. <laughs> we <laughs> haven't rehearsed this. Work. It's amazing. And you can enter this if you're listening as well as if you're watching live. Okay, you can you can enter this competition. Oh my gosh, I hope I'm not going to get sued for something that's gone horribly wrong here. You, you can enter this competition, right? Uh, Steve's going to ask a question, um, and. Uh, to enter, you can send your answers by direct message on to my account, me, on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or you can email twitterkers at iCloud.com with your name and just a way of me getting back to you. I mean, if you, 
in, in general, if you sent me a message, I probably will just be able to get back to you. So that is fine. Um, so just message message me with the answer and like your name um, and then I can get back to you. We will uh, pick one winner at random from all of these um, and they will win this this book. So that's how that's going to work. You don't have to answer immediately because the competition is open until the end of Dean Smith's press conference on Friday morning ahead of Blackburn. So you have until Friday morning, the uh, December the 16th. Uh, I think the press is at nine, so it's going to be roughly 12 minutes past nine. <laughs> um, uh, you have until then to enter um, as I get your entries in. Okay, so you don't have to answer immediately. It's fine. Those are time. And, okay. and will we be announcing the winner on next week's podcast? Or yes, exactly okay. that. So cool. get the answers in by the end of Dean Smith's pre-match press conference on Friday, and we will then announce the winner of this wonderful book, Tifo, Tifo book, How to Watch Football. Um, we will announce the winner on next week's podcast, which is edition 121, which will be the last podcast of 2022. Yes. And of course, you can buy this book if you don't win it. That's fine as well. But we've only got one to give away. I think I we're do... legally sound now, Steve. Okay, I'll do the question. Here's uh... the question. Listen carefully. <laughs> so this is why we don't do competitions every week, isn't it? <laughs> uh, two, two Norwich City players since the year 2000, so players who have played for the men's team uh, since that year have played a game, have the letters T I. F and O, it spells Tifo, C, clever, in their surname. Uh, can you name who they are? There's only two. Can you is name it, them? It doesn't does. have to be in that order. It can be in any order you like. Uh, but they have to have played for the club since the year 2000. And I would say they're relatively obscure. So probably it may, may take a bit of time to get the answer. May not, may not. Beautiful. Um, is that since the 1st of January 2000? Yes. I don't think it will matter, but yes, okay. let's say that. <laughs> so there you go. Answer the question. Uh, you can send your answers in a direct message to me on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook, or you can email Twitterkers, Twitter, K-E-R-S, at iCloud.com. Get those into that, either of those avenues with your name and a way of me getting back to you uh, before the end of Dean Smith's pre-match press conference on Friday morning, the 16th of December. And we will yes. announce the sole winner of this book, you lucky person, Tifo, How to Watch Football. Um, I'm actually tempted to buy that. That, look, that looks quite good. You Definitely need to, Anna. You can enter, enter well, the competition. Enter. <laughs> Although I, we'll have to go through the exact terms and conditions where the podcast appearers can also enter. But anyway, um, yes, get entering and good luck, which I think mm. is the correct terminology. Um, and we'll be giving out one of Dean Smith's old gilets uh, next week. <laughs> I hadn't, yeah, that's, I, that's, that's a good observation, that's... Nick. I hadn't twigged that at all. Um, right. Uh, okay. Uh, viewers, uh, questions. Hello, viewers. Uh, what other questions have we got? Um, are there any other questions? Is it signed, he says, is the book, Neil? Uh, no, it's not, actually, but I probably could arrange it. 
I'm, a, you know, if you want the guys to sign the book, then I could probably get them to sign it. I um, thought you might I, want your signature. That's what I was assuming oh, he meant. Well, I don't. Why would you want me to sign the TIFO book? I mean, I will obviously, but I don't want to deface it. Yes, obviously, I'll sign it if someone asks. You know, you're the Go, Athletics course. Michael Bailey. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks. Um, uh, was there anything else worth <laughs> saying? Um, uh, probably is there any other comments? I'm just whippling through them. Or oh, Matt Gregory, Burnley, Sheffield United, and Watford all to come here at Carrow Road. Is that a good thing? Good point. Not sure. No um, idea. Uh, Declan Cotter, what World Cup players should Norwich buy in January? Love that question. Any, any, uh, I mean, they couldn't afford any of them. The championship's judgment that there would be no championship players in the competition at this stage of the weekend the weekend was perfectly uh, judged so well done to the EFL anyone um, maybe one of the uh, Saudi Arabia players they look quite good yeah all the uh, Morocco players I mean are we are we supposed to be realistic here yeah I don't know yeah. that's gonna seriously <laughs> limit our options good. yeah <laughs> um, um I thought uh Unahi for Morocco looked excellent don't know I think he might play for Angers in France uh, and no one knows who they are, right? So, uh, yeah, we'll have him. He was a midfielder. Know, yeah. we, need a midf- we need a midfielder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, constantly. Um, good shout, I like that. Nick? I mean, the the one that definitely impressed me was uh, USA's Yunus Musa, who's still young, but he's currently playing in La Liga. So that's maybe <laughs> one for the Premier League if uh, if everyone else keeps their hands hey. up. So, so, so June then, in the summer. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Um, oh, we should probably note Ismail, is it Ismail Kone, who yes. uh, Norwich were linked to in the summer. Um, he has joined Watford. So, has he? Uh, yes. Oh. He joined Watford during the World Cup break. So uh, there you go. Interesting, because he, he came on for Canada a couple of times and um, didn't do a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, theoretically, he, he was the player that Norwich, in theory, got turned down for. So they then went for Marcelino Nunez. Oh, I've softened the Z then for some reason. Don't know. I'm obviously out of practice. Um, there we go. Uh, that's a good one. And then, okay, finally, Neil Luther, what is your go-to karaoke song? Doesn't mean you have to sing it, but um, what would you go for? Um, I would be tempted to go for Bohemian Rhapsody, probably. Wow. Well, that's a hell of a range. Oh, I mean, it would be bad, obviously. Oh, because otherwise I'd end up doing like a Radiohead song and no one wants to hear Radiohead on karaoke, do they? Let's be honest. So, uh, or, you know, well, Coldplay. Oh, I did that once. In the lowest off pub, I sold, I sung via karaoke, Trouble by Coldplay. Oh, wow. And yeah, that like, is a, oh, bit, of, that's oh, a bit of a really? mood killer, Michael. Isn't yeah, it? sorry. So <laughs> then I suppose you're on Bon Jovi, maybe. I don't know. Gold, um, gold is loads of fun, but again, that's quite gets quite... Hi, doesn't it? By Spandau Ballet, obviously. Uncommon people by Pulp. That's a good, oh, yeah, that's a good choice, isn't it? Yeah. You're better at this, Nick. Much yeah. less demanding. I think instinctively, uh, something like Rocket Man. Oh, <laughs> I feel. Okay. Mind you, that's got a high bit as well. But as Elton's um, now retiring as of next year, could maybe take on that mantle, you know? Just He's need not. the glasses. Is he going to retire from just going around singing songs? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to turn this into the Watford podcast, but um, he's <laughs> he's announced after Glastonbury that he will be he will oh, not okay. be doing any more gigs. 
um umbrella by rihanna did as well but that that's quite hard <laughs> you know that's quite hard anyway anna you well i'm not really a much of a character person but if i had to it'd probably be good old classic my heart will go on oh delightful um well maybe that's one for next time we all just do our songs rather than talk about football it could we could get to that stage by the end of the season let's hope not norwich could- it's up to you <laughs> Positive. We could get to that stage by the end of this podcast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we should end up because we haven't got the excuse of, uh, you know, no game for four weeks this time. So let's wrap it up. But we did have a quiz. It took a long time to go through those terms and conditions. Don't forget to enter. Um, but that is it then. Hang on. Let's get rid of that question. That is it. Oh, oh, oh wasn't there one thing about um, uh, when have you been embarrassed by someone younger than yourself oh have yes, you got an was. actual answer I, I i have one my oh, uh, yes this is a bonus my my almost eight-year-old had a sleepover birthday party this weekend and i took them over the road to play a game of football afterwards we played a 4v4 again eight-year-olds and uh, one of them changed direction on me and uh <laughs> it, I, I, <laughs> I couldn't catch him so i kind of uh <laughs> pretended i let him go <laughs> but that that was a moment where i was like oh my body is not doing what it's supposed to do in this moment there was the uh oh well i feel for you there uh nick um and i know that pain um it, if anyone didn't see ethan ampadu get completely turned over and just sort of fall on his backside in the middle of i think it was the iran game where he got turned around and just ended up flopping over it was uh Quite hilarious. So you know, maybe it was a bit like that, Nick. Possibly. Did you yeah. end up on your backside? No, no, I was. It wasn't that bad. I saved myself. Well done. Well, Ethan Ampadu didn't. So um, there you go. Uh, watch that. Um, right. I think on that note. Well, thanks for answering that, Nick. Because you know that's a greasy bonus we don't normally get. So I appreciate that. Um, and in that, on that wonderful note, that is it for another on the ball. The Norwich City podcast that spent a week praying for Josh Sargent's ankle. If you yet to do so, make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice. The pod is available free for everyone on your usual player. And we stream the recording of the podcast live in video form on my social media channels each Monday evening. So have a search and I am sure you will find it. Uh, Ratings and reviews wherever prompted are always hugely appreciated. And if you want to get in touch with any questions or topic proposals, then please sling me a direct message on Twitter at Michael J. Bailey. And of course, don't forget to enter the competition too. Um, As for this evening, a big thank you to our guests this evening. Nick, thank you so much for joining us all the way from the US. Have a lovely rest of your day. Thank you. Which you've got so much still left of it. So that's exciting. Anna, thank you so much. Um, Good luck with the course over Christmas. And we'll see you again very soon, I hope. Of course. Brilliant stuff. And Steve. Thank you to you and your blue Christmas tree. Thank you. I'm now off to rearrange it uh, <laughs> for next week or just tear it down. I can't have people saying I've got blue lights on my tree. No, just, just take it out of shot. That's all you need to do. No, please don't. Okay, um, it's, it's the only Christmas effort anyone's likely to make. So, um, yes. Uh, see you next week. Have we agreed? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, let's say see you next week, right, whether that's a question week. or not. Yeah, Why not? Um, and hopefully to you listening and watching, we will also see you next week, next Monday, for another edition of the On The Ball Norwich City podcast, our final one of the year. <laughs> what a year it's been. Uh, so make sure you don't miss it. Until then, never mind the danger. <laughs> <laughs>